Thank you for tuning in here to Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. I'm just so thankful that you are listening, and today we're moving right into Acts chapter 3. But before we talk about that, uh, I'm sorry that I didn't have a podcast out last week. We were at our church in the park, um, the, the Lumber Jubilee in Tuolumne. It's a fantastic event. And uh, every year we do our church in the park at 9 a.m. I'm so sorry that you missed it if you were not, weren't there. My granddaughter brought the message, 20-year-old Sydney Johnson. She's studying in college to be a youth minister. And my goodness, she brought it down. And she really did a phenomenal job. So I'm sorry that you missed it. I'm sorry that we did not get that recorded. It was an outdoor service, and I didn't want to put anything more on her by having to stand you know, next to this little mic so you could hear. I might try to talk her into coming in and doing it again just at my desk so you guys can hear the message that she brought. I'm going to ask her and see if she won't do that for me. Anyway, today we're in Acts chapter 3. We're going through the book of the book of Acts. It's called uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit. I realize that, uh, yes, it's the Acts of the Apostle, but it was the Holy Spirit that gave them the power and ability to do the things that they were doing. Today, we're going to really focus in on what it means to be walking in the Spirit. Stay tuned. Church is going to get started here in just a minute. Go. We're in Acts chapter 3, and I'm very excited to be here. I tried to put a name on this on this sermon, on this on this chapter, but... At least on the first half, I was thinking I'd have to call, call it walking in the Spirit. But then I kept reading, and the second part of the chapter it was like, well, what's in your wallet? <laughs> Do you realize they've been, Capital One's been using that since 2000? What's in your wallet? What a, what a great term. And the third part of this chapter is, don't be looking at me, because it's all about Jesus. And what he has put into our hands. Amen? Amen. Peter and John are walking in the spirit. And we're going to talk about what that term really means. Walking in the spirit. We all have the ability. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This may be the answer that you've always been looking for in your Christian life. Yes, you're a believer. You've accepted Jesus. But there's always a but. When you learn what it truly means to walk in his spirit, you shall not fulfill the things of the flesh. The things you've been trying to get rid of. The things you've been trying to stop doing. The things that you don't want to do anymore. Well, you need to start walking in the spirit. Well, pastor, what does that mean? Well, let's look at it. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Well, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. This was their hour of prayer, and it was customary with the Jews to pray three times a day. We see that in Daniel 6. We see it again in Psalms 55, 17. It was the evening, morning, and noon which seems to be the answer to the three times of what Luke was taking note in this history here. That in the morning was the third hour, 
as in Acts 2.15, we seen that last week or two weeks ago, or nine o'clock in the morning, that at noon was the sixth hour, and the 12th, 12 o'clock noon was the sixth hour, and that evening was the ninth hour, as in here. They were going to the temple as what they do. If people want to call me religious, then they can call me religious because every Sunday morning they're going to know where I'm at. And that's not because I'm the pastor. We hold times high and we know when it's time to give to God. We know when it's time to pray and when it's time to worship. And this is what they were doing. They weren't taking part of the sacrificial lamb anymore, but they were still Jews and they were still going to the temple at the set times that they were supposed to go. Verse 2 says, and a certain lame man from his mother's womb, he was lame from the very birth, was carried and they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered into the temple. How many times do you think Peter and John possibly seen this guy? He had been there all his life. And they've been going to this very same temple here in Jerusalem so many times. It's what they did. This is where they worshiped. This is where they prayed. They've seen this guy many, many times. Have you ever had that moment? You drove by that guy having that cardboard sign. You've seen him many times. And you never really want to look at him because you don't want to make eye contact. Amen? I've been there. We don't really want to look at it, but this time, for whatever reason, you make that eye contact and you know there's something. The Holy Spirit may be moving you. Let me put a little disclaimer in there. The Holy Spirit does not lead you into dangerous situations. Use your head. Just because you think, oh, I need to stop and give that guy a dollar. I don't want him to be the one to pull you out of your car and take your car. Okay, use your head and be smart about when you're walking in the spirit, what the Holy Spirit's actually doing. Maybe it's when you wave at your neighbor every day. You see him every day. And today, for some reason, it's something different. You have a sense, something you don't know. There's something different. That's walking in the spirit. Pay attention to that. Go talk to your neighbor. Go shake his hand this time instead of just a wave. Find out how they're doing. The Holy Spirit may be leading you and guiding you. Verse 4, it says, And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Look at us. See, the guy was looking at John. Did you see that? He's looking at John. And Peter says, Wait a minute. Look at us. We're here together. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. We have to pay attention. The man was expecting something, and this is what the Holy Spirit sets up. When we're walking in the Spirit, the person that the Holy Spirit has put before you, they are expecting something, even if they don't know that they're expecting something. Because that's what the Holy Spirit has set up. They've put them before you for a reason. There's a need. There's a miracle that possibly is in your hands. You're thinking, I don't have anything to give. We all have something to give. This brings me to title number two. What's in your wallet? Pastor, you mean you're talking about money? No, I'm not talking about money. What's in your hand? What's in your heart? What has God given you to be able to give? 
Maybe it's a kind word. Maybe it's a handshake. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's someone that just needs a little bit of help. They need to be noticed. Let's look at verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. How many times have you ever thought or said, I don't have anything to do to help? I mean, I've refused to look at the guy holding up the sign because I don't have anything to give him. Well, you're wrong. We all have something to give. It may not be money, a simple smile, a nod. This could save a person's life. You have no idea that this person is contemplating ending their life because they think they're not noticed. They think that they're not seen. You think that's not possible. There are people in our midst that suffer with depression and they suffer with, you know what, I can't take anymore. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody has any idea. And yet the Holy Spirit is leading you to just pay a little attention, to take notice of somebody. It's so important that we understand that walking in the Spirit isn't walking around, you know, with white robes and wind blowing and your hair blowing in the wind, you know, all that hair blowing in the wind. That's not what it's about at all. It's about paying attention to the Spirit, understanding that there's somebody out there that God has put before you. Acts chapter 3, verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, verse 8 says, So he leaped, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, leaping, walking, leaping, and praising God. Isn't that amazing? Verse 9, And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Verse 10, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, now as a lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. He wasn't going to let them get away. He, He was hanging on to them. And all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's. They were greatly amazed. This brings me to point number three. Don't be looking at me. Don't be looking at me. It's not me is what Peter's going to say. Verse 12 says, So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power? or godliness that we have made this man walk. Understand what Peter's saying. It's not by our ability. The miracle that you have in your hand is not by our ability. It's God who put that there. It's God who, who interacts with people and opens the door for someone to be before you. It happens to us all the time. We just need to be paying attention. So Peter begins to preach to him, verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers, glorified his servant whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. So Peter is not pulling any punches again. He's going right to the heart of the issue. 
Listen to 14. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Instead of releasing Jesus, you asked for a murder. Verse 15. And then Pilate, the prince of life, whom God raised, excuse me, and killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we were witnesses. We saw this happen. And verse 16, he said, And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see now. Who you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness and, this, and in the presence of all. God gave this man the perfect soundness to be able to stand on those two feet, walk and leap and jump inside the sanctuary. It's God who gave him the power. He said in verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as also your rulers, as did also your rulers. But these things which God has foretold by the mouth of many prophets, of his prophets, that Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Verse 19, he says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In verse 20, And that he may send Jesus Christ, whom has preached to you before. Verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration, all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. So Peter's really using some good sense here. He knows who he's talking to. You know, when you're out ministering to people, it's very important to know who your crowd is. It's very important to know what they believe and what they're, what they're thinking. He knows that they put their trust in Moses. So in verse 22, he says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren, whom you shall hear in all things, whether he says to you, whatever he says to you. Peter now speaks of Moses because it's Moses whom the Jews look to. They look to Moses for the law. And it's Moses who brought the law to God's chosen people. If Peter was ever to convert or convince a Jew, he must go through Moses. Doesn't that make sense to you? That if you're going to be ministering to somebody, you have to have some kind of understanding of who they are. You know, the whole time that I, I've befriended the guys down at the, the, the little motorcycle club down here, I go in and I talk about motorcycles. That's how we get together. It's how they first accepted me is because I walked in and I said, yeah, I ride. What do you guys ride? And look at their bikes. And we talk about their bikes. They know that I'm a pastor. Believe me, if I were to go in and have a beer with them, I'd be tossed out on my head because that's not what a pastor is supposed to do. They know who I represent. They know who I am. When they need prayer, they call me and we pray. You got to know who your crowd is. Jesus, Peter here spoke about Moses because it was Moses who the Jews were looking to. Since that pivotal point in history, the death and resurrection of Jesus, believers today look back to the cross 
in humble thanksgiving. That's what we do at Christ's sacrificial death and glorious resurrection. For we are no longer living under the law of Moses, but in the dispensation of grace. Can you see how difficult this might have been for a practicing Jew to accept that? It would have been very difficult. So Peter uses his head and begins to talk about Moses. Remember the things that Moses said. He had to use Moses to get to the heart of the people. Many of Christ's Jewish brethren, including his own siblings, did not recognize the Messiah. They were looking for a conquering hero and a mighty king from the ancestry of Abraham and in the line of David to save them from Roman bondage. And here he was in their midst, right there with him. And what did they do? They sacrificed him. They killed him. They did not understand at the time that they must first repent of their sin and be declared righteous by faith. That was completely foreign to them to be declared righteous by way. No, it's by works. We have to follow the law. We have to do the works of the law. And Peter and John are saying, no, it's by faith. It's by faith and believing what Jesus Christ has done. It was only as the scriptures were open to their understanding that the large number of Jews began to repent of their unimaginable mistake in crucifying the Messiah and delivering and delivered and believed on Christ as their true Messiah and King. And there's many of the Jewish faith that still to this day do not believe that Christ was a Messiah. But we know that he was. Let's look at verse 23. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that the prophet shall utterly be destroyed from among the people. Verse 24, yes, and all the prophets from Samuel to those who follow as many as have spoken have also foretold these days. He's trying to explain to them, this has all been talked about in scripture. It's all been prophesied. It's all here. You just need to believe that Jesus truly was the Christ. He truly is our king. Verse 26, to you, To you first, God, having raised up his servant, Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away everyone from your iniquities. So we got to see these three points in this this chapter. Walking in the spirit isn't about being holy, isn't about living righteous. Walking in the spirit is paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Then you got to think, what is in your hands? What do you have to give? You don't have to, it doesn't have to be money. Your time, your efforts, talking to somebody. What's in your wallet? What can you spare? Can you nod and smile at somebody when they're not expecting it? They can realize that they can be seen also. And don't be looking at me when you see the miracle happen because it's God. It's God. When those things happen before you, it's God that's working it out. It's God who provided you with the ability to bless that person that made a difference in their life. It's all about, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. That's what this is about. 
And I can't believe that it's only 11.30 and I blew through my notes like I was preaching on a highway. <laughs>